Hi everyone and welcome to Crime Tea and Me. I'm your host Lottie, a true crime lover and full-time tea drinker. And now I finally have a little place online where I get to talk about it, so yay! I am going to be looking into murders, gangs, cults and so much more. So if you're bonkers about Bonnie and Clyde or you're mad about Manson, then go grab a cuppa and let's get started. Today's episode is about the murder of a young girl who was walking home with her boyfriend when a gang of what can only be described as utter thugs set on them both. I am not going to hide how much this case angers and upsets me. Sophie and her boyfriend Robert were walking home. They weren't bothering anyone, they were minding their own business. They were just a young, happy couple. And the only reason that they were attacked is because of how they were dressed. Because Sophie and Robert were goth. That's it. They weren't bad people. They weren't yelling or screaming or hurting anyone. And yet these people decided that their look was enough to hurt them and to kill Sophie. So go and grab yourself a cuppa, settle down, and let's have a look into the story of the murder of Sophie Lancaster. Sophie Lancaster was born on the 26th of November in 1986 in Lancashire. She was the youngest of her mum's children and her mum's name is Sylvia. And from about 11 years old, Sophie started to have her own style kind of thing when it came to her clothes. And she really started to like the alternative kind of style of clothing and hair and makeup. And she sort of evolved that look over the next few years where she basically ended up becoming a goth. The group of friends that she was with were pretty much exactly the same. And in that group was a young man called Robert Maltby. They were pretty much like any other teenagers. They loved going to gigs, hanging out at someone's house, going to the pub, listening to some of their other friends play in bands. And, you know, that's pretty much what any teenager likes. Like, you know, your teenage years are there for you to be like, I'm a grown up. I'm totally a grown up. And then, or at least it was for me. And then you hit like your twenties and you're like, no, I'm really not a grown up. And then you hit your thirties and you're like, I am really not a grown up. So yeah, that, well, that's that, that was my experience of it anyway. And that's pretty much where I am now, where I don't believe I'm a grown up. Um, Sophie and Rob got very close and they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And their friends described them as being a really right fit for each other. They also said that Sophie and Rob were soulmates. Now, Rob was from a little town in Lancashire called Backup. And Sophie eventually moved there to be with Rob. It wasn't a huge move for her. She grew up about 10, 15 minutes away in um, another town. So, on the 11th of August... 2007 Sophie and Rob had been out at a friend's house they had just had a few drinks at someone's house and they were walking back towards Rob's 
And to get there, they had to pass through a park called Stubby Lee Park in Backup. Okay, so here I just want to point out that what I'm going to describe next was an unforgivable and vicious attack on two completely innocent people. This is going to be hard for some people to hear, so I understand if you want to forward the podcast a little bit. So, while they were in the park, Rob was basically set upon by some teenagers who were hanging out by a skate park. He was kicked and punched repeatedly and eventually was knocked unconscious. Sophie was then assaulted. She was dragged to the floor and kicked repeatedly in her head until she was unconscious too and the gang then ran off. Police were called by a girl in the park and she said that two people had been hurt badly and an ambulance was sent straight there. Now this park, this it, it's stupidly early in the morning, like this was, I think it was like one, one o'clock-ish in the morning on, on a Saturday and this park is pitch black, it's, you know, the, there isn't a lot of light there and the paramedics turned up they began to administer the first aid, but they later said that because of the injuries and the swelling to Sophie and Rob being unbelievably bad, that the paramedics themselves couldn't figure out if these two individuals were males or females or a male and a female or, yeah, they, could, they couldn't figure it out. The police arrived and they managed to find some ID on Rob. They called his family to let him know that Rob had been hurt and that they were taking him to hospital. They also asked the family if Rob was due to meet someone or if they knew who he would be with, and it was Rob's family that confirmed that it would have been his girlfriend, Sophie. Sylvia was obviously at home. She woke up on the Saturday morning and went out to the gym. She went to the shops. And when she came home, she found a card on her mat in front of the door. And it was from the police and they had asked her to call them as soon as she got home. She went to the phone and as soon as she got there, she saw that there was loads of messages on her answer phone. She went to pick up the phone to call the police and her son Adam called her. He told her what had happened and the both of them rushed to Rochdale Infirmary which is where Sophie and Rob were being treated. Sylvia could not believe what she saw when she walked into the room. Sophie's face was very swollen. There are pictures that were taken from around this time and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. And you'll understand why these pictures were taken. But these pictures are graphic. I mean, even now, I'm not even looking at them. And I can see them in my head. And, yeah, how how anyone came out of that, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't. It's horrible. But in these pictures, you can see trainer marks on Sophie's face from obviously where... She'd been kicked so hard, it had physically left an indent in her face. Around this time, Sophie had worn her hair in dreadlocks. And her mum noticed that 
part of her scalp was missing and this is because her hair had been ripped out so badly and so forcefully that it had actually taken part of her scalp. Like, who does this? This was a completely unprovoked attack. And knowing those injuries and hearing from her mum and her friends and anyone that was to describe her of how mild-mannered she was and listening to her friends talk about how she had this unbelievable laugh like she's a person and someone has done this to her purely on the way that she looks and it's it's despicable it's uh yeah again i've got no words both rob and sophie were in comas and the doctors were basically doing everything that they could to help them and to save their lives. Rob had a very bad bleed on his brain. And Sylvia said that the only thing that she kept thinking of was the fact that Sophie was so sensitive. And she was worried that after she woke up and she got better, that this would really mess with her head and her mental health and obviously she might not then be able to go to certain places or do certain things and having I mean having a mum have to walk in on her daughter after she's been in that attack it's it's horrible it's no one should have to go through that no one at all the police were doing everything that they could they went back to the park and they basically were looking for anything that they could find that would help them in the investigation. So they noticed two pools of blood on the floor, which is obviously where the attack took place. And not far from that was a rucksack. During a search of the area, they also discovered some empty smashed bottles and also some cans of alcohol, or obviously drunk too. Police took photos and they also did forensic checks on everything that they found, including some footprints in blood. One of the main police officers that was taken on to look at this case was a man called DCI Holden. And it was basically up to him to try and find out who had done this to Sophie and Rob. And he started out by talking to some of the witnesses. He did interviews with them. And he, he he basically admitted that he interviewed about 50 young people. So, you know, like 50 teenagers, basically. And that was within the first few days. But he said that he found it hard to talk to the kids because obviously they weren't really wanting to talk to him. They didn't want to talk about what had happened. And, you know, some of them were even knowing the people that had done this. And they basically wanted to stay loyal to them, which is ridiculous. And you should never do that. If you know something is wrong, you know it's wrong, you speak up. With him having so many difficulties with speaking to, obviously, a younger generation, DCI Holden made the decision to bring in some young junior officers 
and they were, you know, they were only a few years older than some of these witnesses, so they had, you know, like a camaraderie kind of common ground kind of thing, you know, they could talk about things like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, things like that, they were pretty much on their level, and this is kind of how DCI Holden managed to infiltrate I suppose that kind of group in order for them to talk to the police to tell them what they saw on the night and it did happen like a lot of these witnesses managed to open up and speak to these junior officers eventually five names were given to the police as to who had done this attack now backup is a pretty small place like it isn't a big city you know it, it's quite close-knit community and within a small amount of time everyone was basically talking about what had happened to Sophie and Rob and everyone also knew these five names the news traveled so fast that Sylvia had actually heard these five names before the police came to speak to her the following day by the 12th of August, so literally the following day, the police had all five in custody and that was either by going and arresting them or actually, um, I think it was a couple of them, gave themselves in. So they knew that people were talking about them. They knew that their names were out there. They knew their names had been given to the police and they were like, well, I may as well just go and give myself up. So they did. Two of the boys admitted to being in the park and they also admitted to hitting Rob during the attack. But no one was saying anything about Sophie. And I mean nothing. Like, yeah, they were there. And yeah, they'd hit and kicked Rob. But no one was talking about what had happened to Sophie. Two of the boys that had been arrested actually had previous convictions for violent attacks. One of them is Ryan Herbert and the other is Brendan Harris. The police obviously were interviewing these guys and they ended up going and checking the homes of the boys to find any clothing that they were wearing from the previous night and Ryan's clothing had blood on it. So every single, you know, every, every single item of clothes that the boys had been wearing that night was taken for forensic testing. So the police carried on their investigation. They looked into where Sophie and Rob had been on the night. And they found that they'd gone to a garage just before they got to the park. And this was a 24-hour garage. And after speaking to the staff, they were told that in the early hours of the morning, there was a boy that was seen trying to wash his hands and his face. And it looked as if he was washing off blood. Unfortunately, there wasn't any CCTV footage of this from the garage. So after some investigating, it actually turned out that the boy that had been seen was actually completely different attack to what had happened on Sophie and Rob. It, was, it wasn't even in the vicinity and yeah, it, it was nothing to do with their attack, unfortunately. So DCI Holden went back and started talking to the junior officers and talking to them about what they had managed to get out of the witnesses. And finally, someone said that they'd seen the attack on Rob and 
all of the boys that were in custody were arrested and they were charged with grievous bodily harm with intent for the attack on Rob. But there's still no witnesses and no evidence of what had happened to Sophie. But the police were really confident that since the attack had happened straight after what happened to Rob, that at least two people out of these five had been part of the attack on Sophie. After they were charged, three of the boys were let out on bail and Ryan and Brendan were kept in a young offender's prison until the trial. And this is because of Ryan and Brendan's background and their previous record. After about a week in hospital, Rob, thankfully, was starting to show signs of recovery. He was able to be woken up from being in his coma and he was coming round. But unfortunately, Sophie wasn't. Her friends went to visit her and they could not believe what they saw. They couldn't believe how serious her injuries were. And I totally get this because having someone tell you what has happened is bad. But I don't, I don't think you can really ever prepare yourself for how bad things actually are. DCI Holden knew that he needed to have someone look at Sophie's injuries before they started healing. Obviously, you have the doctors who are looking after Sophie. But what DCI Holden suggested was that he would have a pathologist come in to Sophie's room and have a look at her injuries. The reason that he said a pathologist is because the whole job of a pathologist is to find out how these injuries were created. I just want to give you a bit of a warning because, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I just want to give you a warning about what I'm going to say. Pathologist did an investigation, checked out Sophie's injuries, and he had basically said that Sophie had been kicked in the head by at least two people, which was obviously, you know, went on to be proven by witnesses coming forward. And the reason that he could tell this was because of how severe the injuries were. Being able to do that job must be absolutely heartbreaking and horrible because it's up to you to look at this person and say how they were hurt. And I don't envy them at all. But thankfully, it meant that the police obviously had enough evidence to arrest all of the boys again. And this was for the wounding of Sophie. Sophie obviously was still in a coma. And, you know, the doctors were still doing everything that they could to save her. On the 21st of August, Sophie was sent for a brain scan. And unfortunately, they, they found no activity. And the decision was taken to take Sophie off of life support. Sylvia, oh, I'm going to get so upset. When I when I read this and I heard this, I cried, and I'm not even gonna lie. So Sylvia basically described how she had not been able to obviously hold Sophie 
because you know all the wires and the scanners and you know everything trying to keep Sophie alive so obviously taking her off of these machines enabled her to be able to hold her child for the first time since this horrible thing had happened to her and oh, I'm gonna go <laughs> sorry um Sophie passed away in her mum's arms oh sorry about that I had to give myself a couple minutes yeah I'm, as you can tell I'm I don't know why this story has affected me so much I mean it's not a story it's what happened I need to stop referring to it as a story I don't know why this has affected me so much but it really has and yeah I just I don't know what else to say about it but it has no, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie <sighs> let's get back to the investigation so all five boys were again interviewed but this time it was very different. Sophie had now been murdered. And this seemed to have the group turning on each other. Brendan Harris told the police that he had absolutely nothing to do with the attack on Sophie. And that it was all done by Ryan Herbert. But when Ryan Herbert was interviewed, he was purely no comment, no comment. No comment to any question the police were asking. But with a bit of help from forensic investigations and having Ryan's clothes have blood on it, the clothes were tested and both Robert and Sophie's blood were found on his clothing. They also found blood deeply embedded into his trainers. I can obviously... Because of what I've told you about Sophie's injuries, I don't think I need to tell you how that blood got deeply embedded in his trainers. While Ryan was incarcerated in a young offender's prison, he ended up calling his mum and he told her that Sophie had died. And his mum's reaction was, okay, again, you know, she's died, but if you had nothing to do with it, then there's nothing really wrong, is there? Ryan then said, but I was involved. And thankfully, the police managed to get copies of this conversation and they used it in evidence to show that he was guilty. Another piece of evidence that the police used was the fact that because Ryan and Brendan were getting transported between, you know, like the Young Offenders Prison and the police station, they basically bugged the police van that they were travelling in. And this is how unbelievably sick these boys are. Because during the ride, Ryan actually said that he had kicked Sophie's head like a football. And this is backed up by witness statements and obviously also Sophie's injuries but what kind of creature I'm not even going to call him a boy I'm not going to call him a man he is a creature what kind of creature does that says these things about someone 
about anyone. Like, who would do that? Like, you are... I'm just getting... I'm getting... This whole episode has been, like, such a high and low for me. Like, obviously getting this out there and making more people aware of what happened to Sophie is so important. And I will go into that later on as to why I wanted to talk about Sophie. But having something... I'm going to call him a thing, like Ryan Herbert, talk about what he did to this poor young girl. It's despicable. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So with his admission and the injuries, Ryan was obviously charged with Sophie's murder. But because of the pathologist's report saying that it would have been more than one person that did these injuries to Sophie. All five of those boys were arrested and charged with Sophie's murder on the 6th of December. Rob was thankfully able to leave hospital in early November and he was able to attend Sophie's funeral. Sophie's friends spoke about how amazing Sophie was. And all of the attendees bought a single flower to leave for Sophie. And what I loved the most was the fact that Sylvia had said it was upsetting. Of course it was. But it was the fact that they were there celebrating Sophie. And that's really the best thing that you can do. You can celebrate her. Because from everything that I've heard about her, she seems like she was an amazing person and someone you could have like an absolute laugh with and to have her taken away it's it's wrong really obviously Ryan and Brendan and the other three boys all had their own defense teams and Ryan's defense team actually tried to have his murder charge reduced to manslaughter and this was due to him having autism. So the police brought in an expert in autism. She She's not from England, but she came over. She did a full assessment on Ryan and she concluded that he did not have autism. And the request for the charges to be changed were dropped. On the 10th of May 2008 in Preston, the trial began at the Crown Court. All five pleaded guilty to grievous bodily harm with intent on Robert but then the case kind of turned in a way that they didn't really see coming and it's because Ryan Herbert pleaded guilty to the murder of Sophie and it really changed the case. Now the solicitors of the other boys were trying to have Rob's injuries and Sophie's injuries tried as two different crimes and treating them like they were two separate incidences because now they could say that none of their clients were involved in Sophie's murder but the police knew from the recordings that Brendan Harris had been involved and they were going to prove it. Witness statements and evidence showed by the police what had happened to Rob and Sophie on that night so I'm going to read out what the police basically put together as to what had happened that night. Sophie and Rob had been at their friend's house 
on the Friday evening. They left in the early hours of Saturday morning and they went to a garage where they were buying a couple of bits. They then bumped into a group of girls, they all got talking and they went to a a party, I think it was, by Stubbly Park. After that, they then started with these with these girls that they'd met. They started to walk through Stubbly Park and they ended up coming to the same area as the five boys were. Now these five boys had been drinking a lot that night and I am not saying that as a you know get out of jail free card at all because alcohol should have no you know it, it no it, you know it can do a lot of things it can make you fall over it can make you you know be stupid can't make you kill someone like you can't blame that on the alcohol at all anyway so these five boys started to look at Rob and Sophie and were starting to say stupid things like oh you should go and hit him um what are they even looking like that for and they basically ended up attacking Rob the girls ran off and Sophie went straight to Rob to try and hold him and she was cradling his head and at this point Ryan Herbert said to the other boys she's a witness we need to kill her and he full-on ran up to Sophie and kicked her in the back of the head. And then this is when Brendan joined in. They attacked Sophie so badly. And oh, considering it was so bad, unfortunately, there was no forensic evidence to prove that Brendan had been involved. But there were witness statements to say that he'd been there. And obviously, there was the pathologist's report to say that at least two people had been involved. On the 27th of March, Brendan was found guilty of Sophie's murder. And there has never been a reason given as to why these five boys attacked Sophie and Rob. But Sylvia Lancaster, Sophie's mum, is sure that it's because they were alternative you know, Sophie and Rob were nice people. Well, obviously Rob is. But Sophie was a lovely person. And neither of them would have hurt anyone. They were literally walking through a park. And were attacked because of the way that they looked. And it's 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 stupid. On the 28th of March, Brendan and Ryan were sentenced. Brendan got life in prison with a minimum of 18 years and Ryan was given life in prison with a minimum of 16 years, three months. And this is because he had already pleaded guilty to Sophie's murder. But this wasn't good enough for him and he later appealed it because he had you know, pleaded guilty, he basically wanted extra time to come off, he didn't think that the time that had come off was sufficient, and it was requested and granted, and nine months were taken off of that sentence. The other three boys that were involved were sentenced to between four and six years, which I wholeheartedly do not believe is enough at all. The way I see it is, these five creatures have 
you know, beaten up a poor man and murdered his girlfriend. To me, I say life is life. Not life for 18 years or life for 16 years. No, that's not life. Sylvia has got to wake up every single day knowing that five people killed her daughter. I'm saying five because the other three were just as culpable as the two that, you know, hurt her. And Ryan and Brendan basically get to wake up every day. They get to live their life. They get to talk to their families. Sylvia doesn't get to talk to Sophie. After after 19 years, Sophie isn't, you know, just going to miraculously appear from somewhere. I personally think that if you are found guilty of, and the evidence is strong enough to find you guilty of murdering someone, you go away. That's it. Done. Life over. You are in a box for 23 hours a day, an hour out for exercise to get you fresh air, and then you're back in your cell. But I just don't think that will ever happen because the justice system doesn't work that way. Ryan's minimum sentence ends next year. So from next year, he's basically able to start looking at getting paroled, which I think is ridiculous. It's stupid. And Brendan will have his minimum sentence served by 2026. It's only a couple of years away. It's not too long. And it's oh, it's horrible. It's I don't think it's right at all. So Sylvia, who I happen to think is unbelievably brave and amazing and just a brilliant person, has used what happened to Sophie as a way for her to set up her own charity. And it's named after Sophie. It's called Stamp Out Prejudice, Hatred and Intolerance Everywhere, Sophie. And she wants people to understand that goths, punks, metalers, you know, anyone who has, you know, or lives in the alternative lifestyle is no different from anyone else. And they have the right to choose how they dress, how they do their makeup how they do their hair, what music they listen to. And it is all about celebrating everyone's differences. And Sylvia's foundation basically goes into school and does these talks with school children about accepting anyone who is alternative. The charity has a website where they sell merchandise, obviously, to raise money. And I, for one, will definitely be going to support it. I have already looked on the website and I have my eye on um, a absolutely amazing hoodie. I'm just waiting for it to come out in the right size. So, fingers crossed, it will come out soon because I really, really want it. But they do hoodies, they do t-shirts, um, they do, like, little bands and things that you can have around your arms. I, lo I love them. I think, yeah, I... As I said, I, I genuinely can't wait for the one of the hoodies to go in my size because I will genuinely go and buy it. It's an amazing cause. If you are able to, supporting that cause would be absolutely amazing. And if you do want to, I will put the link 
in my my is it like a link tree thing it's in the instagram and facebook bios so if you just go on to crime tea and me on instagram or facebook there's like a little link in my bio you'll be able to click on that and head over to the website and even if you literally go over and have a look and you're able to share a picture of sophie and tell people what's happened that would be amazing because i think more people need to know about what happened to this utterly amazing person thank you so much for listening to today's episode i really do appreciate it as you can tell it has definitely put me through the ringers but if you would like to listen to more episodes there are a few more listed on where you are listening to this podcast you can head over to my facebook or my instagram crime tea and me and come and join my crime tea family we'd love to have you <laughs> i hope to see you soon until next time mm-hmm.